0: greetings everyone welcome to ujima spirit podcast i am your host tika taylor today's topic is why is the family the most powerful institution in our society yes we must try to understand the role and importance of the family in a society now keep in mind that initially before we had organized governments, organized institutions, before we had different businesses, we had the family. And the family was able to provide all those type of services. The first government was the family. The first business was the family. The first institution was the family. The family provided all the needs that Everyone needed all the basic necessities that people need to function, to operate. The family was in the position to provide those services. It's very important that we understand the role and function of the family. Now, let's go back in history. Before we had organized government, the people in the family had to get together and they had to make sure that the family had food. So people had to come together, put their individual differences aside, put their personality differences aside, put their personal conflicts aside. The family had to get together and work as one unit in order to survive on a physical level, the family had to work together in order to protect its members from harm. Whether it was harm from animals in the wild, whether it was protect them from harm from other families, protect them from harm from natural disasters, the family provided the first line of defense. It was the family that got together The men in the family, the women in the family that work together in order order for them to secure a safe place. So the family provided the first government. They acted in the capacity of a government. They were self-sufficient. They had their own sovereignty. They were independent of others. The family, the family including the man, the women, the husband, the wife, the children, the grandparents, cousins, aunties, uncles, all these people came together and they were able to function as one unit. We have to remember the purpose of the family. Now, before there were any organized schools, the family served as the first school it was an institution that provided education the family values were taught in the family setting before there were any type of official schools the family was the one who provided individual lessons for each members of the family collective lessons for their entire family whether it was orally passed, or whether it was at some point later on written, somebody in the family learned how to read, learned how to write, and they were able to educate the rest of the family and made them literal. They became practicing literacy, alright? And for the families who weren't literal, they didn't have literacy, they were still able to teach valuable life lessons through oral traditions. They were able to teach families valuable life skills. They were able to teach practical skills, how to work the land. That was a form of education because the family provided the food staples that was used by individual members. The family also had to grow their own food. Before you had organized stores to provide food, the family farm, people grew the food that they ate through the family farms. You had families that owned acres of land and they wanted to have a large family, a lot of children. The family stayed together because they were dependent on each other for survival. They had to work the land. There was no supermarkets, there was no marketplace at a certain time in history. The family had to create, produce, and grow everything that they use. The family had to make the clothes that they wore. The shoes had to be made. The clothes had to be washed and dried. Water had to, they had to go get water from the rivers and the wells. All right, so the family had to work together in order to ensure the survival of the members. So it was very important that the family worked together. The family could not afford to be divided and confused and in constant conflict and problems. The family could not afford that because they wouldn't be able to function. They wouldn't be able to survive. So that's why it was very important for the family to be in unity, in unison. They had to work together as one unit. Every member in the family was assigned a role. The children, the adults, married people, single people, elderly people, younger people. everyone was assigned a whole, a job, a role. Everyone was important. Everyone contributed to the well-being of the family. So it's very important that we understand the value of the family. At that time, the family took on many roles. We spoke about the school. We spoke about the marketplace. They the one who occupied that role. Now also, the family provided childcare. Before there was a such thing as a daycare. We had the family. The grandmothers were providing childcare while the mothers work in the farm or work in the field. While the fathers went hunting, building, creating, everybody had a role to play. The grandparents were providing child care. The elderly were taking care of the newborns. We didn't need child care. We didn't need daycare. Because we had family members who were available to provide love, support, guidance, nurturing to the newborn family members. Now who is better equipped to take care of the children in the family other than the family members? Because they knew that if they harmed that child, they would be damaging their future. They would be sabotaging their family legacy. So they had the best interests at heart to protect and preserve that child. So it was the elderly in the family, everybody in the family participated in providing childcare, auntie, uncle, brothers, sisters, cousin. It was in the family's best interest to take care of his young because the young were the future. Since each family member played a vital role, everybody was important. Everybody was needed. Everybody was necessary. It didn't go on your education. It didn't matter. Everybody received the same education. It didn't matter your personality. Everybody received special roles in the family. It didn't matter your status. Everybody had important status in the family because everybody was needed. Everybody was needed to work together on the farm, in the field, wherever it is that they live. they all needed to come together to provide Okay? Now, the family also was the first hospital. Okay? When people got sick, there was no hospitals. Okay, When we go way back in history, there were no hospitals. There were no clinics, no health centers. The family was the first hospital. The family provided medical care for its members. Yes, they use herbs and plants and all type of remedies from nature in order to heal the family diseases. Okay, there was someone in the family who was responsible for providing medical care. Now that person, that tradition was passed on from generation to generation. Each person in the family played a role, role. And you had someone in the family who was known to provide medical care. When anybody got sick in the family, they went to that person for, for medical care. They took good care of them. They nurtured them back to health. Now taking care of a sick person was the role of the whole family. Even though one person may have provided treatment per se, like the herbs and the massages, the oils, the prayers, the rituals, the meditation, all of those things were involved in taking care of a sick person in the family. Preparing the food because the food was also serving as medicine. When a person was sick, they knew exactly what food they had to eat in order to initiate the healing process. What drinks they had to drink, you know, whether it be fruit juice, whether it be vegetable juice, whether it be teas, they knew exactly what to do to help that family member recover. Right? So they didn't need hospitals back in the day because the family was the first hospital. We have to keep that in mind. Okay, We have to understand the role that the family played. The, 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 the person in charge of the family provided the leadership. And usually it was the elderly, the elderly, the elderly couple. You have the man and the woman. Both of them played important roles in the family as they provided leadership. Men and women back in the ancient days and indigenous culture, both male and female were equally valued. They both were important, even though they played different parts. Mothers and fathers were both as important. There was nobody that was more superior or better or was valued, you know, out of higher rank. So we have to keep that in mind. Back in the days, ancient indigenous cultures, that's how it worked. The family was the most important institution in the community because the family unit provided everything individual members needed to survive, right? So they provided emotional support. You didn't have to go to a therapist or a counselor. You didn't have to go to a peer on the job or someone else to get your counseling and your emotional support because that was also provided by the family. It's very important because now you see people who are suffering from loneliness because they're isolated. You know, they don't have anybody. But if you have a family, that is definitely the role of the family to provide emotional support, to provide counseling, talk talk therapy, what a person can talk to you. They can hear your concerns, your worries, your fears, and they can provide you with guidance. This is what, what the family did. That is the purpose of the family. All right. If any type of emotional and mental disturbance appear, the family would identify it and would be able to handle it. You have a person that was wise. They had a lot of wisdom and understanding usually that person was the spiritualist in the family. They provided spiritual counseling. They were able to read the horoscopes and read the stars and read the person's aura, understand their chakras. I mean, they had ways of understanding that there was an imbalance in a family member, and they were able to address it. They didn't let it progressively get worse. They didn't let it get out of control. Anytime they notice any deviant behaviors. Things that weren't supposed to be happening in the family. The family had a family meeting and they called it out. And they stopped that deviant behavior, that abnormal unnatural behavior, no matter what it was. If they realized that somebody was being abused in the family, there was any type of incest, any type of sexual activity, they would stop it. Because they knew that the family wouldn't be able to survive if that behavior or those behaviors, those dysfunctional or negative behaviors were allowed to continue. The family nibbed at the bud. They stopped it. If someone wanted to act outside of their nature, they stopped it. They said, no, we're not going to allow that in our family. So they provided the emotional support, the counseling, the guidance, They serve as a spiritual guide. Someone in that family was assigned that role from birth and it was passed on to them. They were chosen to do that. Sometimes you have several people in the family serve as a committee or as a council, committee of councils. They get together and they are the ones that make sure that the morals and the values of the family, they're promoted. That nobody's going to come into the family and do stuff that's not normal, not natural, not healthy. They had people in the family to make sure these things didn't happen. If that was a problem, they would bring it in front of the family committee and they would stop that behavior. Okay, so that was one of the jobs of the family. They provided counseling and guidance and spiritual consultation. They made sure that people were doing what it is that they had to do. Okay. Now, the job of the family was to provide discipline. They also discipline the members. Now, if something went wrong, they're going to step up and they're going to find out what's going on. If there's any type of disagreement, discrepan- discrepancy, any types of conflicts, disagreement, crisis, the family's going to get together and they're going to provide the guidance, the support, the help that individual members need so they can recover and they can move on the family was the police before there was any type of organized police the family was the police they police each other you have a group of elders in the family that made sure that everybody did what they were supposed to do you know there were laws in families there were family regulations, family policies, family rules that you did not break. You could not break these family rules. If you did, you had a group of people in the family who serve as the police, who serve as the judge. They govern people's behaviors in the family. This was normal. So you didn't need to have a police because the family police itself. You didn't need to have a judicial system because the family had his own judge. You didn't have to have prisons because the family was gonna handle that. Nobody needed to be put locked away, put somewhere. The family would deal with the situation and stop it. Okay. Now, financial services. We didn't have no banks back in the days. You didn't have no financial institutions. It was the family that provided financial services. They're the ones who came together to raise capital. They're the ones who came together to do investments. They're the ones who came together to put things in order for the family. When I say investment, they were willing to invest their time, their energy in certain areas, whether it was to build something, whether it was to produce a crop, something that they can use to barter with. Because back in the days, we didn't have money. We didn't have dollars. We didn't have coins. We had exchanges financial exchanges where people we have families that would specialize in certain goods or services and they would exchange their products for other people's products or other people's services for example you have a family that would invest all its resources in creating agricultural products maybe they grew bananas maybe they grew peaches or mangoes, or tomatoes. Now they would take these products, agricultural products, and they would exchange it with other families for other goods. Maybe another family grew rice. Maybe another family grew, grew uh, papayas. Maybe another family made oils. And they would exchange whatever product that they produce, they would exchange it in the barter system with other family members. So you had certain families grew very wealthy, Wealthy in the sense where they were producing a lot of different products that they can exchange or barter with other families. So they became very powerful. Okay, so the family was the first institution. It's very important that we understand the role of the family. The family at some point played all those roles. We're going to re- recap. Let's review. The family was the first school. The family was the first hospital, the first child care center, the counseling therapists, Okay? The pharmacy, the food stores. They provided discipline. They were the police, the judge, financial services. Okay? Let's not forget the church. Before we had organized churches, the family was the place of service. Families would come together and they would conduct different religious ceremonies or spiritual ceremonies. It all depends on the family, what they believed in and what they practice. So it's very important for us to understand that the family played all these roles. Now that is the job of the family. Now this happened thousands of years ago before we had big civilizations. Now out of these families grew big civilizations. Now each of these families played a part. And they got the community got bigger and bigger, and they expand. So each one of those families became very essential because they started specializing in different things. This family was known as the blacksmith family. This is what they did. This family was known as the crop family. They produced different agricultural products. This family was uh, known for domesticating animals. This family was known for providing uh, 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 land and and um. Uh, uh, wood and timber and different things like that. So each family was known to provide something. Some families became spiritualists. That's all they did. They did spiritual work. So they were able to exchange their services with other families. And this is how we had communities formed. It's a very simplistic, basic, you know, uh, understanding. But out of the family came everything that we needed. Everything that we wanted out of the family came those things. Now, later on, as society expanded, all right, the family started to not play certain parts anymore because now there were other institutions created to provide those services. So when the school, when public school became available, a lot of the children were no longer taught at home. They were sent to public schools to learn. But originally, it was the family that was providing education, not childcare. When they opened daycare centers, grandma was no longer available. Auntie was no longer available. Cousins were no longer available. They started sending the children to daycare. All right? Now, the family played a very important role. Now, when the breakup of the family started to happen, that's when we started having a lot of problems, when the family no longer played these roles. Now, they're allocating these roles to other people outside of the family. And obviously, the people who these roles were allocated to really did not care about individual families. It became a business. These services became commodified. They were tailored to be sold. All right. Once these institutions within the family left the family, then they became commodified. You had to pay. Now, people used to eat in the family. The families to cook food. That's if you did not get a meal from your family, you weren't going to eat because the family provided food services. They produced the the food from the land, from the ground. They processed the food, they cooked it, and they serve it to the family. Now, when the family no longer did that, now you had restaurants opening up. You have supermarkets opening up. You have farms, commercial farming opening it up. But originally, the food production and processing and cooking all those things happen within the family. All those things took place within the family. Now, even rehab centers. In some communities right now, in indigenous cultures, there's no such thing as a rehab center. It doesn't exist. Now, if they are under under Western domination, yeah. But the societies that are not under Western domination, they don't know what a rehab center is. If they have a problem... Any type of emotional, mental health problem or any type of addiction is handled within the family. The family takes care of the family. Now, in a lot of non-Western cultures, there's no such thing as a nursing home. There's no such thing as an adult living facility. Because the elderly are expected to stay within the family. They are cared for within the family and they provide vital services to the family. They give the family its wisdom, its guidance. They're there to make sure that everything works as planned. They're there to teach the next generation leadership skills, spirituality, to engage them in different spiritual practices. All right, so there's no such thing as a nursing home. People don't go to hospitals to go die. They don't go to hospice. There's no such thing because all that is taken care of within the family. You don't need to go spend all your money at a pharmacist. You're not going to, you know, a drug company to go get your medicine because all that takes place within the family. There's no such thing as a homeless person. Because as long as you have family, you have a place to stay. There's no such thing as a broke person. There's no such thing because you have family. Now, what happened? Now, when people start moving out of the countries, out of the rural areas, and they start going into cities where they have industrialization taking place. They left their families behind. When they left their families behind, they left all these services behind because the family was the institution that provided all these things. So when they start leaving agricultural areas and then they start moving into cities, more industrial areas, and they're using machines and they're dealing more with marketplace and bartering and exchange, they left the family behind. And once they left the family behind, all the things that they used to get from the family, all those things became commodified. Okay? Commodified meaning that they became packaged to be sold. All right? Food became commodified. That means that now somebody could actually cook a food and place it for sale. Before, there was no such thing. All that was done in the family. Okay? Agriculture was done in the family. Nobody was growing food and vegetable to go sell in a big marketplace. Not at the beginning. They were just exchanging products. They weren't selling. They weren't growing food just to sell it. They were growing food because they were growing food for the family. And if they had extra, then they were able to exchange those extras for other goods that the family didn't grow or the family didn't have. All right. So once people left the country and they start going into the cities, they left their family behind and the family no longer was available to provide all these services. So it's very important that we understand the purpose of the family. Now, we need to go back to those days. Yes, we we can't go back to growing our own food on large lots of land because we live in a city and we don't have access to that anymore. We don't, all right? So we know we can't do that. But the family can get together and they can help each other in terms of buying food. The family can get together and buy box of food. And when you buy in box, you save money. So the family can actually get together and purchase food for the entire family. They can pull their resources together and go to these big companies where you can buy in bulk. Now, it takes a lot of cooperation. It takes a lot of teamwork in order for them to be able to do that. But it can be done. We can go back and restore our families. And once we find out the purpose of our families, which that's what we're talking about today, the purpose of our families, we could definitely go and start making plans in order for us to connect with our family members and try to build connections with them and create all type of plans in order for us to reestablish the roles of the family, the function of the family. Now, the reason why we have so many social problems is because our families pretty much broke up. Our families were divided, they were split, our families were torn apart. Now, we have to understand, in a capitalistic society, why it was necessary to break the family up. Because if the family was providing all these things, then the people could not be influenced or persuaded to buy, to consume these things outside of family because the family was providing all these services. Now when the family was separated because some people went to the south or some people went to the north, they migrated certain areas, they didn't have a family. Now we do have forced migrations. A lot of people don't understand the forced migration is that families due to natural disasters, due to wars, due to you know, uh, man-made disasters, due to enslavement, due to other problems, families are pushed out of an area and forced into another area. And because of that, families get dispersed. Families are divided because of these reasons. And once the families are divided, they're no longer together to be able to work in unison to provide all these services. They're not able to do that anymore. These families are displaced because of wars, because of conflicts, be- because of military conquests, because of enslavement. We have a lot of families that were displaced. They were forced to migrate from one area to another. Forced migration. Some of them were separated forever, never to come back together again. So once we had the family Dissolved. Many of these families were dissolved. They were split. Some people were killed during warfares, conflicts, natural disasters, enslavement. Some of them went to refugee camps. Some of them went into areas where they never met another family member again. So once the family was divided, then all the services that were provided by the family, they were no longer being provided. Now, Every individual in the family had to seek those services somewhere else. Now, sometimes they would join other families by getting married, by having children with these families, and they would find a family within those families. They would create a non-biological connection with these people because naturally they weren't biologically related, but because they were displaced or they were forced to migrate, forced to relocate, They had to join other groups in order for them to be included in their family. And that's how they started getting these services from other families. But then you had other people who were not included in other families. They didn't get married. They didn't have children. They weren't accepted. So they were just left out there trying to find a way for themselves. They were left out there just trying to find a way. And this is the problem right now. We have a lot of people who are not with their families. Now in the 21st century, you have a lot of people who are migrating from one city to the next, from one country to another, from one continent to another. So these people lose track of their families. Their families are not physically near them. And because of that, a lot of these people are displaced. They're displaced. They don't have a place to call home. They don't have somewhere where they can be part of a family. They could be part of a greater community. A family is a community. When we talk about family, we're not talking about just a nuclear family. We're not talking about mother, father, and children because this is a Western concept. When you talk about a nuclear family, it's Western because indigenous people don't recognize nuclear family. Everybody who's related by blood is considered a part of the family. If you're related by marriage, you're considered a part of the family. So it was not just mother, father, and children. It was grandparents. It was siblings. It was aunties, uncles, cousins. All these people were part of the family. Sometimes a family would occupy a whole village. That would be the family. You have 60, 70, 100, 200 people. That would be the family. Now, you can understand when you put it in those terms, two, three, four hundred people. Yeah, oh my God, that is a large family. You have generation after generation. These people stay in one area. And you can understand how families created communities, all right? That's what a village was. It was about different families coming together to create a community. That's what the village was about. Right now, later on, you had other people come to be part of the village that weren't biologically related to these people. All right, but anyway, getting back to current times, we could understand how people are displaced because they no longer have a family to support them and giving them what they need their basic necessities. Okay, back in the days, no one went hungry, there was no starvation in terms of. An individual starving. Now you had groups starving because again, they just wasn't, it was a time of famine. You didn't just you have no food, but you never had just one person who was starving. That didn't happen because as long as they were part of that family, they would always have food. Families would make sure they take care of each other. You never had anybody that was homeless because family took care of family members, they always had a place to call home. They always had a bed somewhere where they can lay their head and feel comfortable and safe. There was no ch- a parentless child. If a child became an orphan because they didn't have a mother or father, the mother and father died or they were displaced to war or some problem, the family would take them in. There was no such thing as foster care. There was no such thing as orphanage. These people took the children in took the children in and they were provided care for they were taken care of there was no such thing as a juvenile delinquent children weren't running around being reckless and irresponsible they were always taken in and taken care of by a adult by an adult an adult was always around to take care it was more like a communal setting It was a family affair. Literally, everybody was taken care of. This is the role and the job of families. It's very important. Now, nowadays, okay, we don't have the same family structure anymore. And this was by design. Because the focus became on the nuclear family, mother, father, and child. Now mother, father, and child, it becomes very difficult, close to impossible for mother, father, and child to be able to do all of this. They aren't gonna be able to to, to raise the children by themselves and work a full-time job. It's basically impossible for a family, both parties, both partners, both parents are working nine to five. Who's home taking care of the kids? Now, the kids are removed from the home. Nobody's there to take care of them. They go to child care, and you have to pay for child care. It's not free, or they go to school. They go to public school. The parents are no longer available to take care of their children. And the elderly or other family members, they're not around to provide child care for the children. So now the children are removed from the home, and they're sent to schools or daycare they're separated from their family it's called forced separation because once they're in that daycare they're not being taught the family norms the family values the family principles they're not being nurtured properly they're not being cared for properly okay these children are just housed and you know they're just watched as if they're an object they're a thing They're not given special attention. They're not nurtured in love. I'm not saying that all child care, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. All I'm saying is that it's not normal. It's not normal to place your child in a child care center when it was the job of the family. This is something that was supposed to be done by the family. You have a total stranger taking care of your child. Someone who don't know you, don't know your morals, your values, your belief. They don't know nothing about you. Now, they're responsible to provide the basic care for your child. They're feeding the child, changing the diapers, and they're putting the child back in the crib, back in the the chair. That's all they're doing. The child is socializing and playing with children that they don't even know. Children who have different value systems. Children who are, who are from different walks of life. Now, if that child was raised within the family, it's a whole different ball game. That child is being in a controlled environment where they are taught what the parents want them to learn. They are nurtured in the way that the parents want them to be nurtured. They are guided and disciplined The way that the parents want them. Because this is a family thing. They took it out of the family and now it has become commodified. Now you have to pay for somebody else to take care of your child while you work. So you're working for somebody else to take care of your child. When you could have a family member, an auntie, a grandma who've been there, done that already. They know exactly how to raise your child. They know exactly what to do and exactly what not to do. They're going to sing to that child. They're going to talk to that child. They're going to teach that child the family values. Right? Used to have people who were home to school the child, teach the child what they needed to learn. The basic math, writing, reading. They didn't teach the child all this unnecessary stuff that's being taught in the schools. These public schools are brainwashing these children. They're giving them false information. They're lying to them, telling them things that never happened or teaching them values that they're not supposed to have at such a young age. So they took that from the family and now the schools are commodified. You got to pay somebody to teach your child, teaching them something that they're not even supposed to know. Now, maybe you're not paying directly. If it's public education, you're paying through your taxes. If you own a property, you're paying property tax, you're paying for these schools. All right? Now, you're paying for your children to learn things that are totally detrimental to their well-being. Children are being taught about sexuality when sexuality is not even that important at that age. The child don't need to know nothing about no sexuality at five, six, seven years old. What do they need to know about sexuality for? What they need to know about that? All right, so when the parents were able to teach the children at home, grandma, grandpa, cousins, mother, father, they have a time to teach these children. Now that is taken away from the family. Okay, hospitals. Now the family have no knowledge about what is good and what is bad in terms of medical advice, in terms of herbal relief. They don't know anything about taking care of health issues, because they're busy working nine to five. They're busy running around just trying to survive. And that knowledge hasn't been passed on to anybody. So there's a lot of things that the family used to do. They're no longer doing now. All right. Now the family are not providing emotional support anymore. We need to go back. We need to go back. Now, people are within families, they are so disconnected. Families don't even talk to each other anymore. Cousins don't even know each other because they live in different cities. They live in different neighborhoods. They are of different economic backgrounds. Sometimes they're even different nationalities because they were born in different parts of the world. They can't even communicate. When they meet, they don't even know their relatives. They're totally disconnected. So it's very difficult for families to stay united when they are so separated in so many ways, physically, emotionally, and mental, even socially. These people are so disconnected from each other. Even people who, family members who live in the same house, sometimes they don't communicate with each other. They have no love and respect for one another they don't even socialize. They don't even see themselves as blood relatives. They're two strangers who so happen to be related. So we need to change all that. We need to go back. We need to go back. You know, how do we do that? Now that is the question. How do we do that? How do we gain control of the family again in terms of the purpose and function and direction of that the family is headed how do we do that how do we do that it's not easy it's not something that's easy but we have to start to acknowledge the purpose of the family we have to go back and find out we have to really investigate what what is the purpose of this family what is it that we're trying to create here what is it that we need to be doing what do we need as a family What can we provide each other? We need to ask these questions. Each family is different, okay? No one family is identical. We have different families, different values, different personalities, different traditions, different needs, different desires. So we have to find out what each individual family needs, and we have to be able to organize for those needs to be met. If we need childcare, we need to bring our family members together. We need to be able to get on one accord, talk to them, find out the family values. What values do we have? Good values. And what bad values do we have? We need to fix things. We need to heal the family. We need to find out what happened, what separated us and why we are not able to come together. Why are we not able to work as one? Find out why. What happened? Now, you may not get everybody on board. Everybody in your family may not want to get on board, which is perfectly fine. You don't need everybody. You just need the people in the family that wants to come together. That's all you need. You want to get together. You make an open invitation. The same way that we have family reunions, A lot of families, every year, they have family reunions. So during one of the family reunions, you all can get together and start discussing what is it that you all need collectively as a family. What can you all do to provide services to each other? If you have a lawyer in the family, you have an engineer, you have a mechanic, you have a seamstress, you have a spiritualist, you have a healer, you have a social worker, you have a musician. You have someone who's very artistic, very creative. Identify the family and what skills and resources that particular family have. You've got to be able to identify that. Now, once you identify that, now you can start planning to create all types of activities and programs for that family so that family could start providing for their needs, at least some of their needs. Now, you may not be able to provide all your needs, but at least some of your needs, you could address them. You could address them. Now, families can come together and create financial investments. Families can pool their resources together. They all can purchase property together. They all can invest in particular stock or cryptocurrency. They all can start investing in, in the future. Maybe they can open a college fund for the children in the family. Maybe they can open a special, you know, insurance that they purchase as a family for when a family member dies, they'll be able to build wealth that way. Unfortunately, you know, they have to wait till somebody die, but sometimes they can even borrow against that policy. So there's different ways that families can come together to build wealth. Okay. They can come together to build resources. There's a lot of things that families can do that they don't know nothing about. Families could come together and open a business and make it a family business. All right. For the people who don't want to physically work in that business, as a family member, they can invest in the business, financially invest, and they can get a return. No one in the family should be homeless. You, you know, In the family, they need to identify everybody in that family to make sure that they're okay. Everybody has a place to stay. Everybody has a home. Identify the family members. Anybody who's hungry. Nobody should go to sleep hungry in a family. We need to go back. We need to go back and reinstitute, reinstate the role of the family. Nobody in that family should be hungry. Nobody in that family should be victim of domestic violence. Everybody in that family should make sure that nobody is being abused, harmed in any way. There's no child abuse, child neglect, No family member should have a child in the foster care system. No family member should allow their children to go to the foster care. If something happened in that family, somebody to step up and take those children and let them stay in the family. No child should be entering the foster care system. No child should be abused and neglected in a family. The family should hold the members responsible to make sure that they're taking care of their children. A family member has a drug or alcohol problem. They need to make sure that they're getting the services that they need to recuperate and to recover. This is the job of the family, to make sure that the family is healthy and functioning at its best. That is the purpose of the family. No one in the family should be illiterate. Nobody can't read, can't write. Nobody should be left behind. There's always something that A family member can do to help the other family member get better. They need a job. Nobody should be jobless. Even if they have to come together and create a family business just to make sure that people have work, that people can actually survive. They can actually take care of their bills. No child in the family should be failing school. No child in the family should be failing school. Everybody needs to check on the, each other, make sure that the children are getting the best education that they can. If not, then the family needs to come together and start homeschooling the children. Pull them out the public schools, pull them out the private schools and start homeschooling them. Somebody need to create a curriculum, put it together, make sure that they adhere to all the school's policies, make sure that these students, when it's come to go take their tests, So make sure that they're going to get their high school diploma. Make sure that they're going to pass these tests that they have to take once they are enrolled in homeschool. Everybody has a responsibility to make sure that the family gets educated. Now, you don't have to go to college, but at least everybody in the family has a high school diploma. Make sure that there are vocational trades available for the people in the family who wants to learn it there are certain family skills that they have. Maybe a lot of people in the family, may be plumbers, electricians, all right? They should be able to have some type of mentorship or internship for the people in the, in the family. Hey, come on, let me teach you how to be a plumber. Let me teach you how to be an electrician. Let me give you a trade. Nobody in the family should have no job skills. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Nobody in the family should be isolated, going to a deep depression alone. Nobody in the family should be suffering from mental health and emotional health problems alone. Okay? Everybody should make sure that everybody have the emotional support that they need. Now, if we only have one person, two people doing this, of course it's not sustainable. Of course it's going to be overwhelming and distressing. But if you have multiple people in the family who are available to help, then all that weight and responsibility won't fall on one person. Now, when they notice, they, the people in the family, that something is wrong, you're going to have multiple approaches to the problem. You're going to have multiple people ready to help solve the problem. And that's why the family is so important. That's why the family is so important. Because this is their job. To make sure that everybody in the family is viable, resourceful, dependable, energized, ready to go. And if there's a problem, they make sure that they address it. And they bring resolutions. It's about resolving the problem. It's not just about talking about the problem. It's about resolving the problem. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So we got to really go back and understand the importance of a family. Because we lost our way. We lost our way. We've been so confused and misguided and and, 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 and basically lied to, deceived, And now our families are torn apart. Now funny, ironically, the powers that be know the importance of a family. They know that a lot of the social problems that exist is because we don't have good families. They know this. There's been studies after studies, studies after studies that basically confirm that a dysfunctional family will produce dysfunctional people. But guess what? All the services that used to be provided by the family, they're all now commodified. So if the family goes back to being normal, being healthy and they start producing these services and they start helping each other. guess what? There's a lot of businesses that are going to go out of business. So in order to keep the business flowing, families are not encouraged to stay together. They're not encouraged to love each other, to nurture each other. They're not encouraged to work together in unity in order to produce the services that they need. Can you imagine what families can do if they unite? Can you imagine the changes that we can have in our families? Immediate changes. Now, can you imagine addressing the problems of homelessness, substance abuse, lack of proper nutrition, lack of discipline, depression, Can you imagine the family coming together to address these issues and make sure that everybody have the support they need, the help they need? There will be no poverty because the family can pull their resources together and they can buy homes, buy buildings, start programs to help themselves and to be able to help other families as well. So we have to go back and just acknowledge The purpose of the family now sometimes you may not be able to do that with your immediate family because it's just too far gone people are so dysfunctional and so unhealthy that they just can't come together to do anything so now keep in mind if you're young and you don't have children yet you can start planning on creating your own family okay Reaching out to the people in your biologic family who may want to do certain things. If they don't want to, maybe their children, children may want to do something. So it's all a matter of putting it out there, what it is that you want the family to do, what type of program you want the family to have, what type of organization structure you want, what service you want to provide, what are the needs of the family, and people could come together and brainstorm and actually create something that is viable that will serve the entire family. Even if it just starts with a couple of people. And then later on, other people may get on board. Or you could just start something in the name of your family and you could draw other people who are f- pretty much kind of family lists because a lot of people don't have families. And by doing that, You're creating a group of people coming together. They may not be biologically related, but they are choosing to work together as a family unit and they can provide all the needs that they have together. Right. And now when they get married and they have children, now we're going to extend that family circle. Okay. So. It's just a matter of understanding the purpose of the family, why the family is the most important institution in any community. Hopefully you all gain a better awareness, understanding of why it's necessary for families to come together, stay together and be healthy because they provide everything an individual need to be holistic to be sovereign, to be independent, to be strong, to be progressive. The family is responsible for those things. We don't need to go outside of our families to get these services. We don't need that. Obviously, it's not working. Obviously, when we're sending our children to somebody's daycare, it's not working. When we're sending them to to a public school, it's not working. When we're going to try to get emotional support from non-family members, it's not working. When we're trying to befriend other people, sometimes it doesn't work. I'm not saying don't befriend other people. I'm not saying don't go get other services. You can, but make sure that you can do that within your family as well. If you don't try, you're not going to know. If you just keep getting services from other people, you keep reaching outside the family, you're never gonna know what your family can accomplish together. You're never gonna know what you could do to make sure that everybody in your family or most people are taken care of. And that was the primary goal of the family to make sure that all family members were taken care of, that they were provided good services so they can come back and contribute something back to the family, back to the community, back to the society. Thank you. Know the importance of the family and let's go ahead on and get our families healthy again. Thank you.